So, so we're we're in this study of of the feast and and in the study of Pentecost. Uh, been in uh, I think three lessons on Pentecost. We'll probably have two or three more. Uh, as as I get into this part of it tonight, uh, it's it I believe it's very important for us to hear. I believe it's very important in the in the body of Christ to to get a hold of of uh, of what the Lord did in Pentecost. And to start it, we'll go back to the book of Exodus. And we'll lay a little bit of groundwork and we'll, we'll move forward. But in the, in the groundwork in Exodus 19, the children of Israel arrive at Mount Sinai. And uh, that starts in Exodus 19 and just, you, you know, I'm going to use some scriptures out of there, let you all get there. But between Exodus 19 and, and uh, Exodus 24 in particular, uh, they're here and they're getting ready for Moses to send up into the mountain and receive what we call the Ten Commandments. But here in uh, chapter 19, verse 1, it says, In the third month after the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. And when they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the wilderness of Sinai, they encamped in the wilderness, and there Israel encamped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and Jehovah called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. This right here, I, I've read it so many times in my walk with the Lord, brought you to myself. This is God's mind, brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be mine own possession from among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And this next part the Lord says, if you obey my voice, and to obey his voice, we have to hear his voice and keep my covenant. And we're, we're going to be dealing a lot with the covenant. You shall be my own possession from all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and set before them all these words which Jehovah commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that Jehovah has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people unto Jehovah, and Jehovah said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and may also believe forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto Jehovah. And if you've been around me uh, for any time, I, I ask a question, I'm just going to put it out here, and I believe most of us, if not all of us, have, have some of this understanding in our hearts, if not the same understanding, the thick cloud here, you, you know, in the, in the book of Acts, you see Jesus ascend up in a cloud and you find here at Mount Sinai, a thick cloud has covered the mount and this cloud has followed the children of Israel 
out of or led the children of Israel, not followed it, led and and was also behind them at times out of Egypt unto Sinai. And here, here God is in this thick cloud. So so when Jesus ascends up in the cloud in the book of Acts, I, I've asked people before, I've said, hey, do you think it's possible that he may have went into this cloud of God that you find all the way through your Bible instead of a rain cloud? And I, and I have one lady, I asked that question. She said, you know what? I never thought of that. Because the cloud is, is the presence in the Old Testament. The, the cloud here represents the presence of God. God came in a thick cloud. God filled the temple in a cloud. And God came upon Mount Sinai in a cloud. Or he was on Mount Sinai in a cloud. And he spake out of the cloud. So this, this voice began to declare the word of covenant. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And that word of covenant was how the Israelites were living in relationship with the Lord. That, that was their word of covenant and their relationship with God. In chapter 20, verse 18, chapter 20, verse 18 says, and all the people perceived the thunderings and the lightnings and the voice of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you. And that his fear may be before you that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, You yourselves have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make other gods with me, gods of silver, gods of gold. Ye shall not make unto you. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thou on thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep offerings, and thine oxen. And every place where I record my name, every place I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build of it hewn stone, for if thou wilt lift up thy tool on it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps into mine altar, that thou that thy nakedness be not uncovered thereon. Where he records his name, if you, you come over to Jesus, just, just to put some things before you. Jesus says, I have come in my Father's name. And he says, the Holy Spirit shall come in my name, in John 14. So... So in John 5, he says he's come in the Father's name. So there's where God recorded his name, is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where God's name is at. That's the name that we come unto the Lord in. And that name, I, I, I believe strongly in the name of Jesus, but it deals with the person, the nature, the identity, who he is. And that's where God is found. You won't find God any, uh, any place else. All these names of the old covenant represented him. But now they're all fulfilled in the person. This is the place he recorded his name. And this is the altar that of earth that he made unto himself. 
This is it. The Lord Jesus is that altar of earth he made unto himself. And then here in Exodus 24, 3, and Moses came and told the people all the words of Jehovah and all the ordinances. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Jehovah has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of Jehovah and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the mount and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto Jehovah. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and he read in the audience of the people and they said, all that Jehovah has spoken, we will do and will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which Jehovah have made with you concerning all these words. So God's covenant was according to these words that Moses declared among the people, and it was sealed with the blood of animals, okay, which could never make the conscience pure. So the covenant they were in, which we, we read over in Hebrews, could never purify the conscience. It was a purification of the flesh, but not a purification of the conscience. But that was the covenant and the word that they were in. And then if you notice here, if you, if you notice real close in 19 uh, through, through 23, just, just food for thought, they can't approach God. They put bounds around and couldn't approach God. But hereafter, the blood has been, been uh, administered. It says, then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the elders, and they saw the God of Israel. So now the blood, and this is all a type and shadow, but here the blood is given access in type and shadow into the Father that these others could enter up with Moses and come in and, and, and look upon the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and as it were, the heaven for clearness and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand, and they beheld God and did eat and drink. But if you'll read before, they, they not even a, an animal could touch the mountain. And here, the blood, what, what changed? The blood. The blood was a minister. And so God gathered Israel and declared the law at Mount Sinai. And he sealed that law in blood. And this was in force until Jesus Christ came. So this was in force. And, and this is roughly 50 days after the first Passover. So this is, this is the first Pentecost. The Pentecost is the Spirit of God came down on the mountain and declared the word. And this is, this is what I want us to hear tonight. A lot of times in the Pentecostal movement, we've talked about the Spirit of God coming. We've, we've talked about the Spirit of God making us shout, the Spirit of God making us dance. And I've been through that, and I believe that. 
I've shouted and danced myself. I speak in unknown tongues. I believe that. But Jesus said, when the spirit of truth shall come, he's going to guide you into all truth. So, so what a lot of times we don't hear about the spirit of truth or the Holy Ghost is what Jesus said he was going to do. Jesus says in John 16, 12, I still have much to tell you. This John 16, 12. If you want to flip over there, John 16, 12. And this is the Berean, I believe Berean standard or the New American standard I'm reading out of. But he says, I still have much to tell you, but you cannot bear to hear it. However, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So here's what the spirit of truth is going to do. He's going to guide you, and he's going to speak to you. For he shall not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears, and he will declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me by taking from what is mine and disclosing it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. In a little while, you will see me no more, and then after a little while, you will see me. So here's what the Spirit of Truth is doing. He is coming and declaring the covenant of the Lord to us. And the covenant of the Lord in the new covenant is not the law written on stones. It's not even the old covenant law written in our hearts. It is the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, Matthew, I believe in Luke both, he says, this is the covenant in my blood. So now we have a covenant that's gone in force in his blood. And a lot of times what believers believe that is, is still the Ten Commandments. Well, if you, if you really study Moses real close, he spoke a whole lot more to Israel than just Ten Commandments when he sealed them with the blood of the animals. Now, he did get the Ten Commandments after that, written on stone, brought it down. And, of course, you know the story how he, 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 the commandments were broke and he went back up to God and came back down with the commandments. But he spoke to them and sealed it with blood. Now, Jesus spoke to us. If we read the Gospels, he speaks throughout the Gospels. Like he says, and they shall be made one as we are one. Well, he says all that, and then he seals it with his own blood because he could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. And he, and he put it in force himself. He did it in his own blood. So the covenant that's written in our hearts, that's written and read of all men, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's written in our hearts. And that's what the Holy Spirit is revealing. That's what he's disclosing. That's what he's making known. That's what was to come, is, is the living Christ living in you. And, and it's hard for us to, 
sometimes get a hold of this because we have this concept that we have the blood of Jesus sitting over here. But then we somehow still have the Mosaic law or parts of the Mosaic law that we do. And you say, well, Brother Wayne, you're giving, giving us permission to do anything. And I'm going to tell you, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So I, I'm, not, I'm not giving you permission to do anything but live unto Christ. Because he's the covenant. He is what is being declared by the Spirit of God. We, Jesus fulfilled the law. And, you know, you know I, I think I mentioned this in the, in the last sharing, that love is the fulfillment of the law. So if the love of God is manifest in our hearts, then we'll love one another. We will love our enemy. We'll pray for those that despitefully use us. These things will come, become real to us not because we're observing, per se, the Ten Commandments, but they're going to become real to us because we're observing Him that's in us. That's the, that's the difference in the covenant is, is that now He that fulfilled the Ten Commandments and, and everything else in the law is in us, is the Word, is the living Word that's been written in our hearts. That's what's happened. And so now that living word is written in our hearts that we should live unto God. And see, see if we can hear this, when in Matthew 17, flip to Matthew 17. It says, and after six days, verse 1, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him, or Elijah. Then answered Peter and said unto, the, unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Why, yet spake, behold, here's that bright cloud again, that cloud, thick darkness. It overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear you him. Here's the declaration of the Lord. And Brother Bob touched this other night. In the book of Deuteronomy, how God was going to raise up a prophet, and him shall you hear. Now, how we hear him. Now, they heard Jesus speak naturally. Peter, James, and John did. But how we hear, hear him is when the word of God is revealed. When the living word of God is revealed in our hearts. We are hearing him. We are hearing God speak in son. Now, he literally spoke in son. As, he said, as it says in Hebrews 1, when Jesus came forth of the Virgin Mary, was, was came forth in the flesh, God spoke in son. 
But how we're hearing God speaking, son, is when he's revealed in us, we're hearing the voice of the Lord and we're hearing the voice of covenant. That's what we're hearing, that we would live unto him. And that see, that was God's intention, you, you know, even in the type and shadow, that he would bring a people out of Egypt to himself. And he placed a word in them that the word would conform their hearts and minds unto the Lord. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? Doesn't that sound like what Paul writes in his epistles, that the word of the Lord is, is transforming our hearts and our minds, and the reason it's transforming our hearts and our minds is that we would be the people of God, that we would live unto the Lord. And see, it's through his covenant word. And his covenant word is Christ. And so, so here, back in Matthew 17, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came, touched them, said, rise, be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. So, so all the law and the prophets, Elijah and Moses, were fulfilled in him. I believe even the cloud was here because they no longer saw any man save Jesus only. It was all fulfilled in him. Everything written in the law, everything written in the prophets, everything God had said, he spoke in regards to his son, and here his son was transfigured before them, was revealed, was made known, was manifest, however we want to say it. And they looked upon him in his glory. And then Jesus, when he came down from the mountain, he told them, he says, tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. This will be declared only in the resurrection. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This is, this is like when, he, when Mary laid her hands up on him and she wanted to hold Jesus in the form he was. And he told Mary, he said, I, he said touch me not for I have not yet ascended. You know, you know, and that's and that's kind of what we want to do. We want to grab Jesus and hold on to him in the form uh, that he was, but in his ascension, he is made known in our hearts in order to transform our hearts and our minds that we know the living God. See, see, a a, a good question, and I and <laughs> no way I'll get through all the scriptures I wrote down, so it's good I told you this would be two, this may be three, but this is extremely important because the word that's coming from Zion is not the same word that came from Sinai. It's the fulfillment. Now, the word that came from Sinai is not a bad word. You know, some, some believers out here say it is, and, I, and I'll say I'd say to them to the face, you're an error, brother, because the law was holy and just. But the law could not bring forth righteousness because of the weakness of our flesh. Therefore, Christ came in the form of man to die the death of the cross, to bring us out of the form, not just the physical form, but the form in our heart. Because what was formed in our heart was the old man. And he wanted to bring us out of that form into his form. 
is to have another formation formed in our hearts and our minds that we could live out of him. So God had to declare the living word, which is Christ himself. And that living word has to be declared in our hearts and our minds for us to see and know God. There's no other way for me to see and know God. And Jesus says that. He says that he is, that, that this is eternal life, that you should know the Father. And that you know the Father through the Son. He tells us that in the Gospels. That, that no man knoweth the Father but the Son, and he to whom the Son discloses it. So how we know God is that the Son is written in our heart in the living Word, is written in us and revealed by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, so that we can know Him, so that we can hear Him so that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. See, see, in Hebrews, it's written, which speaks of Jeremiah, that he was going to write his law, where at? In our hearts and in our minds. And that all would know the Lord. Now, I want to ask you something. If he wrote the old covenant law in our hearts and our minds, would that mean you would know the Lord? Not necessarily. That's why he was speaking of this, how you would know the Lord is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that all the way through the book of John. So what he's written in our hearts is the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me show you this in, in uh, the book of uh, Corinthians. I believe it's uh, 2 Corinthians, but, but 2 Corinthians 3. See if I'm right here. 2 Corinthians 3. Paul says, Are we beginning again to commend ourselves, or need we as do some epistles of commendation to you, to you or from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, being made manifest that you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on, not in tables of stone. See, not the old administration, him writing the law on tables of stone, but you're an epistle of Christ. You're the epistle of Christ. You're not the epistle of the old law. You're the epistle of Christ, written in, not in tables of stone, but written in the tables that are hearts of flesh, and such confidence have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to account anything as from ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. See, see, if God just needed to put the old law on our hearts, it's still us doing it. <laughs> you, you know, he just given us the ten, ten Commandments in our heart, and we still go out here and we do the Ten Commandments and we keep them, and it's still us living. But see, Paul says here, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to count anything as from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. 
For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraven on stones came with glory so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly upon the face of Moses for the glory of his face, which glory was passing away, how shall not rather the ministration of the spirit be with glory? See, here's where we're at, the ministration of the spirit. He shall take of mine. Keep this in mind when you read the ministration of the spirit. He shall take of mine and declare it, disclose it, show it to you. How shall it not be more glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation have glory, much rather the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Because Moses brought down the tablets of stone and set them before the people, and they were condemned. Right? So when Christ is revealed in us, this is a greater glory because we're justified. You, you, see, you see the change in administration? Through the administration of the Spirit, if Christ is revealed in you, there's righteousness, there's peace, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And now you're going to live unto God in this way, not because you've done all these works of righteousness, but you have received the Lord Jesus and you're eating his flesh and you're drinking his blood and you're growing up in him that's what we're doing we're eating the word of life and by eating this word of life we're growing up into the lord jesus that we can be his expression in the earth because that's what god has called us to be that's what he called israel to be was his expression hallelujah you'll be my people well, how can you be his people if you don't know him? If you, if you think that's just getting some rules and regulations from him, that doesn't make you his people. What makes you his people is the indwelling Christ is in you. And he's being revealed by the Spirit of God. And see, Paul, and, and I want to read all this, but come down to the, to the end of this. It says at the end of this chapter, now the Lord is the Spirit, verse 17. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, but we all with unfailed face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. And what that glory to glory is, is you move from the glory of the first covenant because that's what he said up here above, that the first covenant had a glory and that that glory was passing away. That glory that condemned was passing away. That glory written on stones was passing away and an exceeding greater glory had come. And that exceeding greater glory that had come is Christ himself, that we would live according to him. That's how we live. So our living is according to him that's living in us. We don't live unto ourselves. Paul says that. We don't have our own life. We don't live unto ourselves. Our living is unto him that has brought us out of death, brought us out of Egypt, brought us out of carnality, and brought us into spirit and truth. 
And that's how we worship God. We've, we've talked about that in a couple of meetings. We worship him in spirit and truth, for God is spirit. And the spiritual truth, if I could say it that way, is being revealed in us. And this is really what Pentecost is. God declaring his word by his spirit. You know, we've thought for years that Pentecost is, is we get filled with the spirit and we speak in tongues. And honey, I believe that with all my heart, that we get filled with the spirit, that the spirit of God works the gifts of the spirit. I believe that with all my heart, that he heals. But, but the emphasis from Jesus was when the spirit came, and we've looked at this for the last few weeks, that the spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost. When Pentecost was fully come, the spirit come. And Jesus declared, when the spirit comes, you will know. You will know that I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. How are you going to know it? Because he's going to take a mind, and he's going to declare it to you. Now, this is the Feast of Pentecost, is we're eating that, that the Spirit of God is declaring of Christ in our hearts. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And this whole thing is coming to fullness, which we, we look at as, as, as time goes on in this study of feast that we look at in, in tabernacles. But it starts here at Pentecost because the Spirit comes, and the Spirit comes on Mount Sinai to declare the word. He didn't just come down on Mount Sinai, and they said, oh, look at all the shaking and this, that, and the other of Mount Sinai. No, he came and he declared a word. And when, when Jesus was transfigured before Peter, John, and James, God declared his word. This is my son. This is my word. This is my declaration. This is who Moses and Elijah spoke of. This is the fulfillment. The law was a shadow of that which was to come. And now that which was to come has come himself. It's a he. It's a he. And our life is a he. It's a who. Our life is Christ, Jesus the Lord. That's what our life is. Our life is nothing other than that. And that's what we see here on in Pentecost. Is a people that come to the Lord for a declaration from God for the word of the covenant. That's what they received, the word of the covenant. And that's what we're receiving. One last scripture, and I'll stop tonight and open it up. In, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah 42, Verse 1, flip over there, verse 1. And, say, and the same or similar is in Isaiah 49, but in 42, verse 1 says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delighted. See, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Here's where I delight. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry nor lift up his voice or cause it to be heard in the street. 
a bruised reed will he not break, and a dimly burning wick will he not quench. He will bring forth justice and truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he's set forth justice in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God, Jehovah, he that created the heavens and stretched them forth, he that spread abroad the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, Jehovah, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people. I will give thee. So he's the word of covenant. I will give thee for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am Jehovah. That is my name and my glory will not give to another, neither my praise unto graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you. You know, when people say, well, God's going to do a new thing, I, I, I want to shout, honey, he did a new thing. This, These new things that, that, that God was declaring was coming about is what we're experiencing in Christ. The rivers of living water, the fountains of life that's flowing within us, so you see, if you, you look at this in Isaiah 49, I said this is the last scripture. Well, I got another last scripture. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith Jehovah, in an acceptable time I have answered thee, and in a day of salvation I have helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to raise up the land. This is how the land's going to be resurrected through him that God has given to make them inherit the desolate heritage saying to them that are bound go forth to them that are in darkness show thyself they shall feed it in the ways and on on all bare heights shall be their pasture which is which is just speaking of resurrection where there was death there's going to be life and you know you can go read of the barrenness of israel but that barrenness god is speaking here is speaking of the relation you, you know the relationship course God had with the old Israel, but it's also speaking of what's in the old man. And now this resurrection life, Christ coming forth, is what brings forth life and what brings forth glory and mercy and peace and everything we're experiencing today is that he rose from the dead. And all of his victories flowing to us. So, so this is not our works of righteousness, it's his. And so when we come together, we don't come together to just read the Old Testament law and to run out and say, hey, I'm going to try to do these things and live better. Because that's the concept that's in a lot of Christians. What we come together to do is see the Lord Jesus that we be transformed <laughs> and his life live in us. Uh, now, now, I must say this. I think sometimes we'd like God just to give us 10 things to do. Right? Just give me 10 things to do, Lord. And kind of go do them and then still have my life. But see, this one of knowing Jesus gets into this part that that gets into the soul and says, you must lose your life to find life. 
because as you're knowing him, as you're eating his flesh and drinking his blood, you're losing your life. And he's filling you up with his. But if I don't have time to eat his flesh and drink his blood, to spend some time at the master's table, the little thing, to come to the Lord to hear his voice, if I don't make time for the Lord, then that work of God that's in me, I'm not saying the work of God ain't in me if I've received the Lord, but that work of God that's in me is not coming out because I'm not pulling up at the table to know the Lord to abide in him, that he abide in me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. But this folks here, this folk group of people here, that's what we, we're doing. That's why we love these meetings, because we're coming together to know him. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to call on Brother James and uh, Sister Hazel to start with, but it's open. 